I've seen tons of people create really good content and never get any exposure. And it's not that you have to change being genuine to grow. You just have to like pay attention exactly to like, what are the trends? How do I do my thumbnails? How do I tweak my titles to have people be interested? I still provide the exact same value, but you start to package it a little bit differently to get people in. Because at the end of the day, like if we create the best content in the world and no one listens or watches or follows, it's not that helpful, right? Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to the installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we've got James Q. Quick, uh, which I, you told me your middle name, what it stood for. I'm not sure that's public information, but feel free to introduce yourself and tell us why you're here. Sure. Yeah, no privacy in the middle name. So James Quentin Quick is what it is. And fun fact, I had to uh, keep the middle name because there's a James Quick that played in the NFL oh, nice. and <laughs> uh, had much better SEO than I do for just James Quick. So that's why my brand has really... I've really had to solidify the James Q Quick to have my own uh, branding and SEO out there. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, initials aside, I do mostly JavaScript development. I'm also a speaker and a teacher in lots of different capacities. And then uh, hopefully most relevant to today's episode specifically, I have been doing DevRel as a developer advocate at Auth0 for almost a year and a half now. So I joined like right before COVID, did like one trip to speak at a conference, came back and the world was uh, basically shut down. So I've been doing a lot of videos and Twitch streams, been getting into podcasts a lot myself as well. Been a fun year of just doing a lot of lot of virtual content. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's been fun. And also great timing <laughs> too as well. Were you doing DevRel before Off Zero? I was not immediately before. So I actually started my career out of college as a technical evangelist at Microsoft. So basically the same type of thing. We were focused uh, regionally. So I did South Florida and then New York City for a couple of years. Switched when my wife and I moved back to Memphis, working as a software developer and then an architect at FedEx here. And then I really just miss doing the dev rally things. I wanted to create videos. I wanted to be at conferences. I wanted to like have a reason to be more active on Twitter, like all those types of things. Yeah. So I started looking and uh, found the role with Auth0 a little over a year ago. That is awesome too. And yeah, congratulations again on getting to Microsoft. It's a great place to sort of learn the ropes and how to sort of create content and engage in community for sure. That was definitely huge for me. It was like I've told this story a lot, but I applied for two different roles at Microsoft that I got turned down for, but. It was one of those things where they thought I would be a good fit for the company, just not those roles. Yeah. And I think I talked about being really social and spending time with people. And they were like, well, what about this technical evangelism role? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And uh, I just wanted to shout out the fact that Off Zero has been represented on this podcast twice, episode 29 and 49. First with Otto Kukic. I think I got his name right. I did practice that for that episode. But also Sam Julian as well, who I understand... Is he running DevRel at Off Zero? He is, yes. He is my fearless leader in uh, DevRel. So when I started uh, a little over a year ago, he was a developer advocate as well. And then it's been a few months ago that he moved up to be the head of DevRel, which is really cool to kind of work with someone that you already had a good working relationship with, um, already kind of in sync. And now to continue to work with him as the head of DevRel is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. And we're approaching almost two years since the last Off Zero Focus episode. So, like, are you able to catch us up? What is Off Zero focused on today? Uh, what's new? 
Yeah. One big thing that we can talk about now is the Okta acquisition. I don't know if you had seen or heard yep. anything about that. We were uh, pretty silent about that until everything finally wrapped up. So we just officially became acquired by Okta. We've done a little bit of collaboration with their DevRel team, started to meet them, done a couple of live streams, and kind of excited just to see where that leads to. I don't expect a whole lot to change very soon. I don't know. So we'll see. It should be a lot of fun though, especially on the content and just collaboration side of basically having that many more people that we can have speaking at conferences, creating content, all that sort of stuff. Is Randall Deggs, is he still on the DevRel team at Okta? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And I have not gotten to talk to him since the acquisition. Okay. I met him like years ago, I think at Kansas City Developer Conference. And I think he was out when we had some of our meet the team meeting. So I haven't gotten to hang out and chat with him yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Okay, yeah. He's the, the one person I know of Okta. I chatted with them right before Okta went public, but he also got acquired through from Stormpath, I believe, was mm-hmm. the, the company he was working at. Yeah. So it's like a similar place technology uh, as Off-Zero. Off-Zero had a different angle yep. that they went out about it. But it's actually fascinating that Okta is picking up these uh, authentication companies uh, and building a, uh, a nice little fortress of security, <laughs> which is uh, amazing. The fortress of security. I feel like that may we may need to like adapt that as our our branding going forward. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of tools. So, I guess what's the the path moving forward for Offseer? Are y'all going to be a another solution for the Okta suite? Because uh, like GitHub uses Okta. Uh, the last company I worked for uses Okta. It's a very popular tool. Yeah, um, I don't really have any insights in particular. There's everything that I know of now is we're still kind of executing and just trying to do the right thing for potential customers. Yeah. Like we don't want to start taking people away from each other. We're trying to do the right thing yeah. from like a sales perspective. Other than that, like I said, from a DevRel perspective, a couple of collaboration opportunities, talking about what conferences and things we're going to to see what overlap there might be. But nothing big that I know of or see in the immediate future. But I don't know. We'll see what the next couple of years brings. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I always have applauded the approach for Off Zero. It makes it so easy to get authentication as part of your, your tool set. There's been other platforms and technologies I've used in the past, but OffZero makes it so easy just to drop in, you know, the SDK and be able to sort of access my my authentication library and <laughs> add in log in the GitHub, which is the thing I do all the time. There you go. Yeah. They just make it almost too easy for me. Yeah. Our big thing from the beginning, and I'm sure Sam and Otto have talked about this in the past, is just being really developer focused and exactly what you said, making sure that that onboarding experience for like your average developer, I don't mean average in terms of talent, I just mean your everyday developer, making that experience as easy as possible. And you kind of ask like, what's new? One of the things that's been really top of mind for me is our Next.js SDK. So we'd had kind of an unofficial Next.js SDK that I'd used before, which was already pretty good. And they've officially taken that in-house, cleaned up a bunch of issues, completely updated it, and it's just absolutely fantastic. So I am a big React person. I'm a big Next.js person. And using that library, it couldn't be any simpler. You can add a couple of environment variables and it abstracts even creating like routes for you to handle login, log out, the callback, and the authorization or authentication workflow. All those things are just kind of taken care of for you. You can customize them if you need to, but really out of the box, you can actually add it to your app in a few minutes after you have it set up in the Aussie or dashboard. 
Yeah, that is, that's excellent too as well. Like, and shout out to Next.js too as well. Um, it's a great framework on top of React, and I'm actually about to start another Next.js site. Um, nice. Can't talk about it publicly because it's going to be focused with some of my my content that I'm going to be shipping soon. Cool. Probably in the next month. Uh, but that's the other thing I've been getting really into during the times of COVID is, is creating content. I started a YouTube channel, which I definitely stumbled into your YouTube channel um, in the last year. So can you talk more about uh, what you're doing as far as content uh, when it comes to your personal content, off-zero content? Yeah. The interesting thing as a developer advocate and a personal content creator is like the overlap and trying to have have those boundaries, which at sometimes you don't really even have to have yeah. boundaries. Like if I use my personal channel and I like genuinely am a fan of off-zero, which obviously I am, if I use that in my personal channel and that gets exposure for work, like that doesn't make my personal stuff any less personal. It's just genuine and happens to represent something that's beneficial for the company. But yeah, so I like I started taking my YouTube channel seriously a couple of years ago, doing a video every week. Now I'm up to most weeks having two videos and just loving it. Like that's my way to learn, it's my way to teach, it's my way to provide value to people. So yeah, I've been doing that really seriously for myself. And that's been a big part of what I've been doing for us year as well. So uh, when COVID hit last year, stopped going to conferences, uh, we started doing more YouTube videos. Uh, we actually have a big year, a rest of the year at least, planned for videos as well. Uh, we also started doing live streams on Twitch. So that's been like one of those huge rabbit holes, right? Like you want to yeah. make things entertaining and you want to have the dynamic things going on and Twitch bots and all that sort of stuff is like one of those huge, huge rabbit holes. But it's also a lot of fun because you get the unique experience of... Like if you give a conference talk, you can see people like nodding their heads or like shaking their heads if they disagree. But you can't have like direct engagement live in a Twitch stream. Like people can comment, you can stop and address and pivot your conversation. You can do all these things. That's a really unique experience in live streaming that's just been a ton of fun, I think, for us to explore with and kind of grow with. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Same live streaming was something I sort of dabbled with in the last couple of years on Twitch, but the community kind of grew without me paying attention because, like, I've been doing in-person meetups and conferences, mm-hmm. and then when COVID hit, like, we had to figure out what was the next thing. So we made a, a huge sort of investment as far as GitHub goes into using our Twitch channel, which is Twitch.tv/GitHub, which was a very hard channel to sort of uh, kind of shake off all the dust on because we've had it for so long but never used it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got marked as spammy <laughs> uh, for reasons because mm. GitHub, interesting. GitHub itself is a known entity. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of other GitHub Billy or GitHub Johnny <laughs> accounts that do really interesting <laughs> things on Twitch uh, in their chat. But speaking of interesting things in chat, like engagement is something that I've really been focused on because mm-hmm. that's one thing I like about streaming is that again with the YouTube stuff like you can engage community and have follow-ups or if you get over a certain amount of subscribers you can create a community that way but with Twitch it's built into the the product like day one mm-hmm. where I can build a integration that talks to Twitch API to tell everybody who ever puts pizzas in my chat pizzas will mean something to the chat I'll count the pizzas at the end of the, the chat and you get a prize like that sort of stuff is what you would do at a meetup Mm-hmm. sort of gauge in interaction. And I'm just blown away on how easy Twitch makes it, um, but also how many people are doing that. So I'm curious, like with Off-Zero, what sort of streams are y'all hosting? Like so what sort of guests are you also inviting on the streams? Probably the most formal thing or consistent thing that we have, definitely the most consistent thing, is our Avocado Lab series. And it's actually going through, or gone through, now it's kind of ready. Uh, but a complete rebrand and a new series of videos. So there's three different tracks with the Avocado Labs. One is the learner's track. And what we want to do 
is have other people from either different companies or just people in general do kind of introductory content for different technologies. Next.js, we just published one on Sanity. Uh, and we've got a few more in the backlog already. So just some introductory content that would go on YouTube and then do a follow-up live stream with that person that created the content to do kind of a Q&A and let them interact with our audience and vice versa. The other one is uh, more specific to authentication, which is our ambassadors track. So we have an ambassadors program where we our goal is really to help people grow in the DevRel space. So this gives them the opportunity to create some content on YouTube as well, like get some practice with that and then follow it up with a live stream. And then the last one is the community hour. And I want to give a special shout out to this one because I think it's one of the most fun like to just basically jump on to a live stream and have a casual conversation with something that that person is particularly passionate and excited about. And this is something I've done on my personal stream. Like COVID has just been an excuse for me to reach out to random people online like that I don't know at all and be like, that thing you posted was really cool. That like, come on the live stream if you want to and tell me all about that thing. Like brag about yourself, share with me because I'm already super interested in it. So that's something I've done on my personal channel. And I think this is going to be very similar in the sense that bring people in from the community, let them talk about stuff they're excited and passionate about, and just kind of grow grow our audience around those people and hopefully get some extra exposure for those people and the thing that they want to talk about as well. Yeah, it's a great way to do DevRel. Uh, and I think the playing field has all been leveled when it comes to DevRel because now the only thing that you have to sort of overcome is time zones. Mm-hmm. So... I can now have a San Francisco-based meetup for anybody in Australia or anybody in London uh, who wants to join or stay up later. They can join and get information. So now information's been leveled. But also, there's been tons of, I don't want to say competition, but now it's stuff has become accessible. And um, I wanted to uh, just ask some questions because you have a successful YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> and uh, I definitely do a lot of research on folks and like, not folks in particular, but kind of see what was working. Yep. I, I do a lot of, it's a thing I wrote in my newsletter recently. I called it, I didn't call it this, but I got it from a Twitch streamer. They call it the yoink and twist method. Okay. Uh, where it's like, <laughs> yoink an idea and then you make a twist on it. Yep. So like, if you have a guest streamer, I'll have a guest stream, but then I'll also have a music, <laughs> uh, like a, a party or something like that in the middle of it. And I think um, Alex Trost from, uh, Prismic is doing some streams that are very much like the Yoink and Twist, where he has the the stream where he does like a Learn with Jason style stream, but it's all focused on CSS animations, which is like so specific, but also that's like just not enough information about that. Like I can't keep up to date with all that, mm-hmm. but I can watch the stream every week. So, but oh, I was going to ask about your YouTube channel and sort of like what sort of things you found that are successful in doing YouTube. You mentioned you're doing two times a week. And have you seen the crossover and applying that with like the Off-Zero brand and platforms? Yeah. I've got a little bit of a controversial take on YouTube and like growing, following on Twitter and that sort of stuff. Like most people that I hear when they get asked a question like, how do you grow? It's like, just stay consistent. Like don't worry about growing, just stay consistent. And like part of like the consistency thing is definitely true. But honestly, and I don't know if we curse on this one or not, but the don't focus on growing is pretty BS. Like, I've seen tons of people create really good content and never get any exposure. I've created tons of good content that never got any exposure. And it's not that you have to change being genuine to grow. You just have to like pay attention exactly to what you said of like, what are the trends? How do I do my thumbnails? How do I tweak my titles to have people be interested? I still provide the exact same value, but you start to package it a little bit differently yeah. to get people in. Because at the end of the day, like if we create the best content in the world and no one listens or watches or follows, it's not that helpful, right? So doing some of those tweaks, paying attention, learning from others, experimenting with stuff on your channel 
is huge. And I think for me, like VS Code is just one topic that YouTube just associates with my channel. Like I, I've created lots of different JavaScript related content and some of it's done well. Nothing has ever done as well as my VS Code content. Wow. And that's something I'm going to continue to play off of, right? Like those are the videos that people seem to really enjoy. And honestly, especially the last couple of months, my growth has been exponential based on two videos. One in two months is at like 400,000 views and the other is at 120 or something in a month. What was the uh, topic? Well, see, here's part of the package. Um, (laughs) The packaging of the content. The really big one was titled, I don't need Postman anymore. I use VS Code instead. I watched that one. (laughs) Yeah. So it's an extension called Thunder Client where you can basically do your HTTP requests, test them out inside of VS Code, which for me as, as a content creator, like, I don't like switching between multiple applications, especially when I'm recording, because I feel like there's like, I have to swipe over, I have to get this new application up. So being able to do that inside of VS Code was just really neat for me. And it's a little like the title of the thumbnail is a little clickbaity, but the value is still there. Like tons of comments of people saying, like, I didn't know this existed. Um, I'm trying it out. This works perfectly. The person who created the extension, just because the video was so successful, obviously really enjoyed that and was very supportive of me. And I'm glad that that was able to help his product grow as well. And then for other people, they said like, oh, it doesn't quite do some of these specific things that I need. And that's fine too, right? Like it's not meant, I'm not telling you you should switch. I'm saying for me, like I personally don't need Postman anymore, but that package, that little bit of interest, that little bit of clickbaitiness kind of took that video over the top while still, like I said, providing value, at least as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So you're saying turn up the clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing because I like it makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but I can 100% say it makes a huge difference in just visibility. And again, if you create content that no one sees, hears, watches, follows, it's not providing as much value, I think, to a broader community as it could. I agree too as well. And it's like something... So I hold at least one of the keys to the GitHub YouTube account. So it's like it's got a lot of followers and we get a lot of engagement on certain videos. But what I've noticed in with brand, including GitHub and other brands, is that we make the YouTube, and I, I'm speaking for all the DevRel folks who now are managing YouTube accounts and did, did not know they were going to do this a year ago. We spent a lot of time putting like really good conferences and like really good content and doing like strategies to get the right speakers and like making sure it's a diverse like group. Uh, but then we throw it on YouTube, we just sort of let it sit there and die. And it's something I've been pushing back on GitHub on, and as well as other companies when they they invite me to speak, and they're like, "Oh, it'll be low attendance. We're gonna throw it on YouTube. You'll be able to like you know grow your brand from that." It's like, what's the strategy once it's up on YouTube? Like, are you doing marketing around it? Are you mm-hmm. adjusting the titles like based on what was what is engaging in the talk? And like a lot of times we just don't put the investment. And what's what I saw the shift in the last year, which is I find it super interesting that you you joined the Off Zero Dev Rel team after doing other places of doing content, is that you have that, I guess, the mindset. So my follow-up question is like, have you seen any sort of success? Actually, are you are you managing anything when it comes to YouTube or are you just sort of hanging out on the, the stream side? Yeah, I'm one of a couple of people, I think, that have the overall management of the YouTube channel. So yeah. heavily involved, especially from not necessarily our like marketing videos, but from our developer-focused videos. Yeah. Yeah, and like I've seen like folks like Stripe, they have their Stripe developer YouTube mm-hmm. aside from the actual Stripe YouTube. And I think I actually am super successful. Actually, Facebook developer, open source Facebook, one of the they have a separate YouTube account where you can have the expectation set that this is the content I will get from subscribing here. And it's one of the challenges we personally at GitHub have been not struggling with. Uh, we haven't had the time to invest in it yet, but like, do we need to split off to have 
tutorial-based content here so folks can be consistent in what they're actually getting from it as opposed to a graveyard of conference talks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tough balance. And like you mentioned, a couple of brands, um, Twilio Dev has their dev channel, Octadev has a dev channel. So it's a popular take. I think that's a lot of conversations that we've had of trying to figure out what the relationship is, what the cadence is for different types of videos. So I would say it's something we're still figuring out, but we're getting a lot better at. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. And folks who, who follow me outside this podcast know I talk about it a lot, mainly because <laughs> I'm just sort of baiting folks. Uh, similar to how you uh, you find something that's cool, you invite them on stream. I'm sort of baiting folks to have conversations with me and pick their brain and and then try to hire them eventually. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the hiring pipeline, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it comes to a testament of just being in the community is another part of DevRel. It's like, it's so much easier if you're already active and no folks mm-hmm. like we've yeah. this is the first time we've chatted but we've crossed community streams um like we know the same people yeah and it's like not by mistake like we all connect and there's like certain people who are the sort of the networkers and the people who are connecting folks and inviting people to go speak and then eventually like it happens like folks migrate to different teams folks migrate to work on projects together and uh it's this nice little ecosystem. Yeah. And I say this out loud because I, I spend some time talking to folks who want to break into DevRel and find out what the next step is. And it, the next step is basically just be in a community. And then eventually, if you're creating content moving forward, you'll one day wake up with an email from Off Zero saying, come work for us. <laughs> Which I don't know if that was the how it worked for you, but it happens to a lot of folks. Yeah. Mine, I was definitely going after transitioning back into DevRel. So I was looking for opportunities at the time. But yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about DevRel. Like it, for many people, they ask, how do we get started? The good thing is it's very accessible to get started. It's not necessarily easy because it's going to make you do a lot of things that you probably are, are really uncomfortable about. And there's so many questions of, how do I get started on YouTube? Literally create your first video as quickly as you can, post it, and then iterate on it every single time. Like that's, yeah. and it's blog posts, it's podcasts, it's everything, right? Because if, so many of us are so nervous about having something out there. And then we also combine that with, we want to have the first thing be perfect. And it's just never going to be the case. Like I'm still, I've been recording, I've probably recorded 300 plus videos over the course of my career. And I'm still figuring out my camera angles. I'm still figuring out how to do my lighting. I'm still figuring out how to edit better. Like it's never, it's a never ending process. So it's one of the most accessible things to get started in. But mentally, I think it's really tough for people to do that. And I've got like, this has become a favorite analogy of mine. I don't know if you're the show New Girl. I don't know if you're a fan, if you've watched it before. I've seen the first couple seasons. I didn't stick around okay. for the, the whole thing though. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite shows by far. And there's a scene where the main character, Jess, is trying to get a man's attention and trying to compete basically with another woman for his attention. And she asks for advice on how to do it. And the advice is, just be there. When he goes to get a drink, be there. When he goes to get something to eat, be there. When he goes to the dance floor, be there. And I think it's the exact same thing in DevRel, right? Like there's so many communities, there's so many discords, there's so many slacks, there's so many conversations on Twitter, there's so many opportunities to create content. If you're there, and if you're constantly there, like you said, we cross paths a bunch of times, first time that we're getting to do this, but we've seen each other and we've been aware and we're aware of so many other people. If you're one of those people that other people are aware about, you will wake up and get one of those calls. Or by the time you decide to apply, you have some weight or you have a brand or you have something that kind of walks you through at least getting acknowledged. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for a lot of technical jobs is how do you actually get that interview? That's one of those things, that personal brand, that exposure that you can definitely start building now. 
Yeah, that is so true. And like we we talked, uh, I believe off air before we hit record, but talked about like Twitter Spaces and how mm-hmm. Colby, who's been on this podcast, recently took a role at Apple Tools and has been hosting uh, Twitter Spaces with some, including yourself, like some heavy hitters in the DevRel space. And uh, it just comes down to like Colby and also Angie, who's also on that team. Mm-hmm. They are there, like they are in the conversation. Like Angie's great at having that conversation publicly on the internet about like, yo, hey, here's a thing, here's the thing we're working on. And then also engaging some of her personality on Twitter. And same thing with Colby, like Colby has a personality as well. And folks just kind of see that same avatar with the uh, Star Wars characters, which I I have it in my head because it's used everywhere. But it's like so iconic when you think of Colby's content uh, and it's memorable. Hopefully my avatar is as memorable as his. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely remember yours. And I think you can almost have a gimmick. Like, it's not a gimmick in a bad way. Like, I think the stuff that Colby shows is totally Colby, if you know Colby, right? Like, it totally represents him. But it is something that's personal, and it's something that's super consistent. And so going back to the idea of be there, be there consistently, but also be there in a way that is consistent from time to time and place to place, if that makes sense. Like, if your avatar, your picture, whatever it is, your handle, if that stuff is consistent and people find you in multiple places, there's some sort of research, and I don't know the numbers, but to build a follower, to actually like one of those genuine follow, like people that really care about the things you do, the things you create, it takes like, I'm making a number up, but 10 touch points, right? Like they would have had to have seen something you've created and believed in it 10 times. That may not be the exact number, but it's multiple times that they need to interact and, and get value from you and have trusted you to then be one of those people that's like, all right, the next thing you do, I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, I've got such a story about that, but I gave a whole talk at HeavyBit, which is the uh, the podcast host for us uh, on this podcast. Everybody check out HeavyBit uh, about breadcrumbs and leaving breadcrumbs and onboarding experiences. Yeah. So, like when I go sign up for Off Zero, or perhaps I haven't even heard of Off Zero, I just happened to see like I was on your your YouTube and then your bio. It said you worked at Off Zero, and then I go into Facebook and I don't know if you can do Facebook AdWords or whatever, but I see on Facebook it says Off Zero and like that sort of retargeting it works because eventually you're seeing this thing over and over again mm-hmm. throughout the internet and you're like you know what I need authentication what am I going to use <laughs> off zero yeah. so like it's, it's very powerful and that's what's very nice about hiring devrel folks uh, or folks who get being in the community and being there is because like those folks can just be there <laughs> be a positive force in the community but not selling off zero or, or github or whatever they're just there and they're helpful so when I have an off zero question I know who to reach out to and it would have been Sam before, but now I can reach out to James as well. That's 100% right. Like I couldn't have said it any better, I think. That's absolutely my philosophy. Like I, I don't want to start a conversation with Aussie. Like if, if someone else starts a conversation with Aussie, oh, great. Like let's have that conversation. Or if someone has a problem on Twitter, then I'm, I'm reaching out and I'm trying to do one-on-ones, right? Because that interaction is, is so unique and special uh, most of the times. But a lot of how I feel like I fit in is like I create content and Aussie is a piece of it. It's not the focus. But it enables like building this application and this tutorial. And that now gets some of that exposure without saying Auth0 is the thing that you need to do. So later on, like you said, when you think I need authentication, I need login, I need GitHub login, whatever, I'm someone, hopefully, and and Auth0 is something, hopefully, that people think of for the problem that they're they're trying to solve. That is so excellent. And I had one final question. I want to bring it back into Auth0 and the originally how we got to down this content stream of conversation. Uh, but how do you make the decision of like what goes on the James Q Quick YouTube channel and what goes on Auth0? Because it could be related, but there's a decision that has to be made. And I, I make the decision all the time, but I would love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. 
I guess I don't know how to explain. It's been a pretty clear boundary. Like for my personal channel, I do whatever I want. It's really what it comes down to. Like, and it's really important to me that I maintain that genuineness. Again, like All Zero has been included in some videos, but I'm not advertising. I'm not pitching All Zero because this is my longer term brand. Like, this is my thing that's going to stick with me. So I, I kind of just do my thing on my personal YouTube channel. And then stuff that's work related, even stuff that goes on the, the All Zero channel, it doesn't have to be All Zero all the time. And I think that's part of that genuine experience too where we want to kind of embrace just being a developer. And then also for the people who are looking for how do I add authentication in Next.js and React and Vue and Angular and Svelte and all these different things, like obviously support that kind of stuff. So for me, it's a pretty clear boundary. Like I, I spend my personal time working on personal videos that go on my personal channel. They are whatever I want them to be. Some of that personality ties in to the stuff that I do with last year as well. But I think that's one of the cool mixes and one of the benefits of hiring someone to represent your company that also has their own brand. Like I can't tell you how many conversations I've had about Auth0 that started from somewhere that's not related to Auth0 at all. Yeah. I run a Discord server. People know that I work for Auth0. They ask an Auth0 question there. Same thing on Twitter, same thing on YouTube. And so I think that's one of the things that I get to bring to the table. But also for me personally, I get to maintain and keep that brand long term. Yeah, excellent. And <laughs> I am your GitHub guy too as well. Yeah, yeah. How many times I've gotten actions questions because I happen to be very strong with that content, mm-hmm. but it came out of a need. So I wanted to learn the feature better. And I saw a need of, we needed next level content. So there's a lot of intro content, but not of like next steps. Like yep. here's an example, here's how to integrate it. And that's where I sort of like, I'm swimming in that type of content. It's like, here's a concrete example of how I used this yesterday. Here's a video about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes it so much easier for f- stuff to get organically found. Which, going back to the thing you mentioned too, as well, I had, you mentioned your most popular video. One of my most popular videos happened to be on Next.js and happened to be like the first project I built in Next.js. So I didn't really spend a lot of time talking about it, but I think the title was too good <laughs> that people <laughs> watched it and got disappointed. So I had to do a follow up. <laughs> uh, months later, I did a follow up video of actually showing you the code and setting it up. Okay. It, it was a, a long tale uh, of a story that I had to eventually had to conclude. But yeah, good times. I love YouTube. I love uh, the organic nature of just finding folks, people just sort of scrolling through. But I think we could talk about this forever. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to wind down the conversation so we can get the picks. Um, anything else you want to add uh, where folks can find your content and, as well as Off Zero content as well? Yeah, uh, All Zero YouTube channel and the All Zero Twitch channel, uh, both A-U-T-H-0. Again, video is something that we're taking uh, really seriously, have kind of progressively taken that more seriously the last, I guess, year and a half or so. Um, and then same thing on uh, on live streams. And we do have, um, I mentioned those three different segments of Avocado Labs. So either doing a video introduction to some sort of technology, GitHub and GitHub Actions would be a great one, hint, hint, if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. And then the community hour, uh, doing a live stream to talk about something that you're passionate about. If anyone is interested in that sort of stuff, uh, feel free to reach out, James Quick on uh, Twitter. We'd love to have more people involved with those. Sounds good. Uh, looking forward to joining. I'm happy to you know let me know when, when and where, and I'm I'm there, as long as I'm not traveling, which is not happening anytime soon. That's right. Uh, speaking of kicking in, I want to kick us into picks. Uh, so these are things that we are jamming on. These are jam picks. It could be music, food, entertainment, 
all of the above, nothing's off limits. Um, <laughs> we do have a code of conduct, but yeah, and nothing's off limits. And <laughs> if you don't mind, I'll go first. Sure. There's a pick I've actually been working some content on today, uh, of all days, uh, right when we're doing a podcast, uh, but it's GitHub Code Spaces. It's a feature that's been around in beta for quite some time, actually about a year at this point. And I'm looking forward to the, actually, at the time that this podcast goes out, it's actually already available. So folks, <laughs> definitely check out GitHub Code Spaces in, in your repos today. But it's a tab. Uh, it gives you an entire VM environment to run your code that's hosted on GitHub uh, and to be able to check it out. So I have some content that actually will go on the GitHub YouTube channel and in some other places around setting up your JavaScript environment to run in the browser. It's something that is pretty cool with Code Spaces, um, where you can actually set up your Docker container and your dot .container file directly from Codespaces. So if you don't know about Docker, if you don't know how to set that up and make it run, uh, we'll actually generate a file for you. Um, so you don't have to run in Codespaces. You could run it on AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, uh, and you have a Docker file and a dot .container file that can help that run for you. So I think it's going to be a pretty killer feature for folks who just want to get started in containerization and getting stuff to run right on every machine, not just on my machine, because I've definitely had some issues with the past of that. But yeah, definitely a great way to get started and uh, check it out for sure. Also, I'm going to shout out a thing I also did today, which is a Twitter space. I don't want to say every Thursday because I want to commit to that. But on Thursdays, on some Thursdays, we're doing a conversation with developers, DevRel folks in the industry about a topic. And the title is called What's Good. Uh, and we're trying to sort of just focus on the positive that's happening in our community. Uh, so like, obviously, there's going to be stuff that's negative, but I'd love to create a space for positive interactions and conversations about people who are doing really good stuff in the community. So it's a Twitter space. It is not recorded, so there's no podcast. You just kind of have to show up uh, and know it's there. So the best thing to do is probably follow me on Twitter, which is a plug. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you got to plug yourself at the end there, which I, I need to get ready to check out and hopefully do a video on the GitHub Spaces or GitHub... Um, code Spaces, yeah. Code Spaces, yeah. Now I'm mixing GitHub and Twitter <laughs> Spaces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many similar names. That's right. Very different products, though. <laughs> yes, very different products. Cool. For me, so I've got a book and this is a pretty personal one for me because this is from uh, one of my best friends who was in my wedding. And I don't know how to put this. Like, has... One of the most interesting slash traumatic backgrounds, like so many stories I've heard uh, just from being friends with him for a long time. And he had started like taking notes of all these things and just kind of jotting them down in a notebook several years ago and eventually came to put out this book um, that is in, uh, will be uh, ready to ship in the middle of June, but is available for pre order at the time of recording. And it's called PTSD, which stands for, in this case, Perseverance Through Severe Dysfunction. The tagline being breaking the curse of intergenerational trauma as a black man in America. And I think it's one of those things that's just like, if you're ever interested in like what it's like to be someone else with maybe a different culture, maybe a different background, or just like here, here's some things that mostly people probably can't imagine. Just some of the most impactful stuff, conversations we've had, and I've read like an early version of the book. Just so cool um, and so informational and just kind of so much exposure, I think, to some of the things that you may have never thought about before. So um, I'll give you a link to this, but it's PTSD on Amazon and uh, written by my very good friend, uh, Reggie Ford. Excellent. Thanks for sharing too as well. And uh, I look forward to checking it out and add it to my wish list on Amazon for sure. 
Excellent. Well, James, thank you so much for having the conversation. We, we went deep into the content rabbit hole. It's always nice to catch up with off-zero folks and see what they're working on. I will definitely catch some streams as well as uh, totally down to, to join a stream and talk about all the cool things that I'm working on too as well because, you know, can't talk about myself enough uh, even though this is my <laughs> podcast. So again, <laughs> thanks so much. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 